If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to 1 John chapter 5. It's time to get back into 1 John again. We're going to be looking at verses uh, verse 1 and 4 and 5. This is a beautiful truth in these, in these verses. And I spoke a little bit on this the last time I preached, but I'm going to go over some things. And I pray that you'll be praying for the message this morning, that the Lord will speak to our hearts, encourage us, and strengthen us. And that we might take heed to what we hear. First John chapter 5 verse 1, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. There's no believing in Christ unless you're born again. And everyone that loveth him, <clears throat> they begot, loveth him also that is begotten of him. If we love God, we're going to love the children of God. And if we love the children of God, we're going to love God. And verse 4 says, For <clears throat> whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And in verse 5 he says, Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You can see why it's so important to be a believer. Only believers are going to overcome the world, Brother Dave. Only believers. And the word overcome means to prevail, to win a victory, to conquer. This is talking about God's children. It's talking about the Lord Jesus. He that believeth. It must be understood when it says, even our faith. And this is a victory. This is the overcoming victory that overcomes the world. What is that? Even our faith. Now, one thing you must consider, you can never separate faith from Jesus Christ. Jesus said, without me, you can do what? Nothing. <clears throat> faith receives. Faith reaches out and receives Faith doesn't create anything. Faith doesn't create righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. Faith reaches out and receives His righteousness. So it's Jesus that it's looking to. Which, which must not be understood of the grace itself as separated or considered, but of Christ, the object of it. Faith can never be separated from the object of it, which is Christ. As a supported, strengthened, assisted, <clears throat> and energized by Him, Christ, and then it, and then it does wonders when it's enabled to hold Christ, the shield, in its hand against every enemy that opposes the Christian. As David mentioned, the armor of God, Jesus is everything to the believer. He's everything. And always remember, we, we're to walk by faith, we're to live by faith. And we're going to see where that faith comes from. He that believeth. That's in the present tense, active voice. A believer is always a believer. It's, present tense means present. You never cease to be a believer once you're a believer. They don't, it's never in the past tense, the future tense. Believing is in the present tense. You are a believer at this very moment, present tense. 
And as a believer, you are overcoming the world. Now, first of all, you must realize that Jesus overcame the world for you and I. In John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Where's peace to be found? In the person of Jesus Christ. In the world you should have tribulation. Where do we have tribulation? It comes from the world. But be of good cheer. Here's something to rejoice about. Jesus says, I have overcome. I have won the victory. I'm victorious. I've overcome the world on our behalf. Thank God for that. In the book of Revelation, it says in chapter 3, verse 21, To him that overcometh will I give to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. And who is he that overcome? The believeth. Are you a believer this morning? If you're a believer, you've been born again. If you're born again and a believer, you're an overcomer. Through who? Through Jesus Christ. Revelation 5, 5. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of tribe of Judah, the root of David, was talking about Jesus Christ, hath prevailed, he's overcome, to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Jesus is the victorious one. Verse 14 of chapter 17. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. Victorious. For He is Lord of lords. I love that title. And King of kings. And they that are with Him are called and chosen. Those that are following with Jesus are the chosen. Called and chosen and faithful. Faithful. That's what, that should be our desire is to be faithful. We've been called. We've been chosen. Let's be faithful. Christ is our King and our Lord in our Christian life. The followers of Jesus Christ. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Satan is trying to overcome us with evil. He's constantly working behind the scenes to overcome us. Beloved, the Christian life, as David mentioned this morning, it's a battle. The Christian life is a conflict until the moment you're born again, until the day you leave this world. We read these earlier in our teaching on 1 John chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. He says, I write unto you fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young man, because you have overcome. The young men have overcome the wicked one, which is Satan. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young man, because you are strong. Now, how are they strong? And the word of God abideth in you. The word of God makes us strong. And you have overcome the wicked one, Satan. So we see here the overcomers are the ones that has the word of God abiding in them. He says in verse 4 of chapter 4, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Talking about the false teachers. Because greater is he that's in you 
than he that's in the world. Talking about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, when he has come, he should guide you into all truth. The truth sets you free from error. And that's how we overcome the world, which the false teachers are of the world. And we overcome them through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures. As we were talking this morning, Scriptures was given by the inspiration of God. And we learn from God's Word how to live our Christian life. You remember, 1 John 5, 4 says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. If you've been born again and you are a believer, you are present tense overcoming the world. Now, you may be in a Christian battle and you may be in a conflict, but you are overcoming the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, remember, faith is always looking. We're going to say looking to an object. And that object is Jesus Christ. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth. Are you a believer this morning? If you're a believer, you're overcoming the world. That Jesus is the Son of God. Remember, to be a believer means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of people have a head knowledge about Christ. They believe there is a Christ, but they're not a believer in the sense that they've yielded their lives to Jesus Christ. They're following Him, they're obeying Him, and they're yielding day by day to His commands. That's to be a believer. A believer is a follower of Jesus Christ. One thing Revelation teaches us, we're going to go through a few verses. All through the book of Revelation, it speaks about one subject, overcoming, the overcoming. In chapter 2, verse 7, it says, To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. In verse 11 it says, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Verse 17 of chapter 2, To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth save he that receiveth that. Chapter 2, 26 says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Chapter 3, verse 5 said, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Verse 12 said, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Notice how many times it's used in that. Verse 21 of chapter 3. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also came and sat down with my Father in his throne. See, there's the difference between God's throne and Christ's throne. Now, with some of the different teachings, some believe in the our millennial position that there will be no thousand year reign on earth. So they believe all the thrones are the same. But I believe Jesus is on his father's throne at the present time. And when he comes in his second coming, he'll set up his kingdom in this world and he will be, it'll be his throne and grant to sit with me in my throne. That'll be up on the earth. I do believe. I don't argue about it. That's just my belief. Chapter 12, verse 11 says, and they overcame. Him by the blood of the Lamb. What do the, how do we overcome by the blood of the Lamb? How do you overcome sin? By the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. How do you overcome guilt and have peace? Through the blood of Christ. He's reconciled us to God. Peace is through Christ. He said, I'm the Prince of Peace. I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And by the word of their testimony, 
their faith and witness for Jesus Christ. You know, if you, if you, that gives you victory when you go forward in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you're defending His glory and you're going in the name of the Lord with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that gives you victory in your life. And the third part says, and they love not their lives unto death. This is total commitment to the Lord. Now, I don't know where I stand in that. In a sense, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be like Peter and say, Lord, I'm not going to deny you. I say by the grace of God, if he came to death, that I would be faithful to the Lord and not deny him. I would say by the grace of God, that's my prayer. But Jesus said the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we always have to remember that. We can only do, stand strong to the Lord with his grace and his presence. Chapter 15, verse 2, he says, And them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. You see, the overcomers, the overcomers. In chapter 2, verse 7, 21, chapter 21, verse 7, it says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son and daughters. And you say, well, how, am I sure I'm going to overcome? If you're a believer, you're overcoming. We overcome through Jesus Christ. None of us in our own strength could be an overcomer. We can only overcome through Christ. Total commitment to the Lord, that's what we need to each one pray for. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. This new nature God has given us, it gives us the ability to overcome the world. Well, fruit of the Spirit is what? Faith, joy, long-suffering, peace, gentleness, kindness. As we face the world, we overcome by faith because faith looks to who? As we're going to see, faith looks to Christ. Again, Romans 12, 21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. That's why you want to do good to your neighbor, do good to them that are despised for using you. Why? That's how you overcome evil, by doing good. Is somebody treating you wrong? Don't repay them with wrong. Repay them with good. Overcome their evil with good. The verb is in the present tense, overcometh. It's constantly overcoming the world. It's a habit of life which the saint to gain victory over the world. <clears throat> to go down in defeat is the exception, not the rule. Our faith conquers the world by clinging to the eternal realities. Our faith is embraced in the confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. We each one confess that and we're baptized, immersed in water, and we identify ourselves as we go under the water. We, we come out of the water to walk in newness of life. It's our confession. Our witness. Who is he who is constantly conquering the world with the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? A heart belief in the incarnation with all that implies results in an individual who gains the victory over the world. It's a constant depending upon Jesus Christ's incarnation is manifested in the flesh and living upon him as we preach in other sermons, living upon the living Christ. <clears throat> Confidence in the divine human person of Jesus. 
is the one weapon against which neither the error nor the evil nor the forces of hell can prevail against us. He said the hell will never prevail against his congregation. Christian believers are God's children, born from above. God's children are loved by all who love God. Those who love God also keep his commandments. They keep his commandments because they overcome the world. They overcome the world because they are Christian believers born from above. Everything points to a new birth. We've been born of God. And I read this earlier. The victory that we have is because of Christ. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up, would draw all men unto me. Hereafter I will not talk much with you. For the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. He had nothing in Christ. Christ did not have a fallen nature. He was sinless, pure, undefiled, separated from sinners. That's not true of you and I. He has a wicked fallen nature in us. And he's constantly working to withdraw that evil nature and to cause us to, to disobey God and submit to him. Remember, every act of sin is, a, is an act of surrender to Satan. You can't see Satan, so he's, how can you surrender to him? When you surrender to sin and obey sin, you're surrendering to Satan. Sometimes we don't realize that. But he is the author of sin. In what way do we overcome the world? They overcome the world by resisting Satan. Who rules the world, they resist his temptations to unbelief and disobedience. Satan is constantly trying to trick us and trap us and to entice us to be disobedient and disobey the scriptures and to disobey God. What was he trying to do with the temptation of Christ? What was his objective? To get Jesus to bow before him and submit to his authority. He said, if you'll do that, I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world. But did Christ say, get behind me, Satan. Thou sayest not the things that be of God. Beloved, we do have the enemy. But thank God, John is teaching us in these verses that we are overcomers. And we are overcoming. Though sometimes it may seem like it's, it's really getting hard down here. And it may get continually progressive. You get worse as we go on. As Brother Dave says, our country is declining more and more into ungodliness and unworldliness and wickedness. They resist his temptations. That's what we're to do. We're to resist unbelief and disobedience. Since the false teachers belong to the world, the rejection of their teaching is a specific example of overcoming the world by rejecting their teaching. And I'll tell you something, we have a lot of false teachers today, teaching from the pulpits all over the United States today, teaching a humanism, salvation, a social gospel, a free will, salvation, based upon the will of man. Rejecting God's right to choose his people. Rejecting the election. Rejecting Christ as being a savior of only his people. 
The world hates that doctrine. They hate particular redemption. They hate the doctrine of election, irresistible grace. They hate those truths. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's the word of teaching of God. In the present tense of this verb, to overcome, indicates that the conquer, conquerors is continuous and habitual. This is a continual conquering every day of your life. You're continually fighting the battle because you're always a believer in the present tense. Every day, you don't wake up an unbeliever. You go to bed believing, you wake up a believer. Now remember that. Don't let the devil tell you, well, yeah, you backslid, so you're an unbeliever now. You're still a believer. You need to confess your sins. And that's why we have an advocate with the Father. John teaches us, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. i tell you something. I have to go to him every day, sometimes every hour. I go to my advocate. Say, Lord, it's me again. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I'm so thankful and grateful that the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. All sin. Not some of them. All of them. You know, the Lord told Peter when that food was laid down in the blanket in the four corners, and he said, take and eat. He said, oh, that's uncommon. I don't eat things uncommon, unclean. He told Peter, what God has cleansed, don't call common. If you're a believer, you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're not common anymore. Accept that fact. Thank God for that fact. You've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You've been cleansed from all your sins. The guilt has been removed. You no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You are free born. You've been born from above. You're in God's family. You're going to receive an inheritance one day. And one day we're going to be with the Lord forever and ever and ever. We are overcoming continually. And the overcoming means that we are overcoming in a general rule. And that's always true. We're always overcoming. And the present tense indicates that the fighting is still in progress for the victory is assured. Beloved, don't think your fight is going to stop. So, well, I'm going to reach a certain stage where I'm so spiritual, I don't have to fight anymore. <laughs> Brother Dave's laughing. He knows. There's no, there's no stop in the fight. We're going to have to fight till we die. But we're not alone. Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Then the word faith. Faith is the belief in the facts of the Christian doctrine. The things which are so surely believed among us. The common salvation. The doctrines of the scriptures. The apostolic doctrines. Christ said, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. We're to teach the congregation. We're to teach people the doctrines of Christ. The apostles' doctrine. And the teachings in, in all through the Holy Scriptures of the, each one of the epistles and the Gospels. We're to read them daily in our Christian walk. We're to believe the doctrines. It is belief in the coronation, it's a belief that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that Jesus has been victorious. Do you believe that this morning? We know he's victorious because he's no longer in the graveyard, brother. 
He came out of the grave. He's not here. He's risen. Yeah, pretty soon the world's going to be preaching about the resurrection of Christ. There's nothing wrong with preaching on the resurrection of Christ anytime. That's our hope. Paul said, if Christ is not rose from the dead, you're still dead in your sins. I'm glad that Jesus came out of the grave, ascended into heaven. 500 saw him at one time. The apostles and the 120 was there when he went up into the clouds and took him, took him out. Can you imagine? I'd like to have been there that day and saw that. That had to be a blessing. Be seeing there and all of a sudden you see Jesus' feet going up. You look back, what's happening? Here he goes, here he goes, here he goes, going up. And the angels come and say, listen, the same Jesus you see go up. He's going to come back in like manner. He's coming back for us, beloved. Coming back for our loved ones who bondage in the graveyard. But they're with him. Don't weep for your mother and dad. Don't weep for your brothers and sisters that are gone. They're with the Lord. Their spirit's with the Lord. And I personally believe when we die, we get a temporary body until we're resurrected. Now, that's Brother Rhodes' belief. You know, Paul says, I say this, not the Lord, <laughs> over there in one of his books. So I'm saying, I believe God gives us a temporal body. You say, what do you base that on? Okay, when Moses appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration, he appeared in a body. Now, his body was over there in the grave. Where it was buried. Nobody knows where it was buried at. So I believe God gives us a temporary body until the day we're born, we're resurrected. Our body is resurrected and united to our souls. That's just something for you to think about. Check it out. But that's, that's a blessed encouragement. Sometimes something will remind me of my mother and like, Sister Mabel and Susie and Karen, them, you know, a little tear comes in your eyes when you think about your blessed mother and your father. But I look and know in my heart that she's with the Lord. I get confident from that. No more pain for our mother. No more sorrow. No more tears. All those things are wiped away. And one day I know that body and her soul will be reunited. And when that day happens... I'll be laying in the graveyard if I die right next to her. So when that resurrecting trumpet sounds and we start going up, I'm going to say, hey, mother, we're going up. That's going to be a glorious day, beloved. Paul called it the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us rejoice in such a great salvation. So faith takes hold of Jesus Christ. As we're going to see as we go on. Second Peter 1 3 says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, when did God give us all these things? In the new birth. In the new birth. You need something, he's already given to you. You need faith, you have it. Use it. You need joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You need peace. He's already given you peace. The fruit of the Spirit. Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The word strengtheneth means to receive strength. Be strengthened for service. 
to infuse strength into. As we're in having fellowship with Christ and praying, he's infusing strength into us. If you have a car and you ever had a dead battery, you know what you do, don't you? You take a live battery and you hook it up to that dead battery and fuse strength from the live battery into the dead one. Now, I tell you why. We need a lot of hookups to the Lord to keep us charged up. I know I do. And I'm grateful that we have somewhere to go. Where does the world go? They have nothing to go to. They go to the psychiatrist. They go to the pill bottles and take all kind of uh, medications. And they get doped up. They don't know where they're at, where they're going, where they've been. But we can go to the Lord. We have an advocate. We have a mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We can go to Jesus as we're going to see. He will strengthen you. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. And that's what this is a picture of. Immersion in water is a picture of identification with Christ. He said, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. Let this sink into your soul that Christ lives within you through his Holy Spirit. He lives within us. He's not a million miles away. He's within you, within me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in the faith. That word by there is the preposition in. I live in the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We live in his faith. Now, how? what does that mean, his faith? I'm glad you asked me. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. He's the beginner. That word author can be called beginner and finisher of our faith. He starts it and he completes it. When Paul says, I live in the faith, he's living in the faith that Christ created in him through the Holy Spirit. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The word looking there means looking away from all others. And I said before, if you've got a problem in your life, don't let it become so big that it's bigger than God. And you know what I mean by that. Sometimes we get so concerned over situations, it drags us down. And we think upon that for so long that it, it starts causing us to have unbelief. It discourages us. It distresses us. Take the time to get your mind off the problem and look to Jesus. Look away from all your problems. Look away from those things that are dragging you down. Look to Christ. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Remember what happened to Peter when he was walking on water. He's looking to Jesus Christ. What happened? He was walking on the water. But soon as he looked away from Christ, he looked at the Boris Sea, the waves. What happened? He began to sink. And that's true of each one of us. The moment we take our eyes off the Lord, who's our strength, and we look at our trials, we look at our problems, and we start doubting, we start having fears. What's going to happen? What can I do? We start sinking in unbelief. What do we do? We need to do like Peter did. Crawl on the Lord. Lord, save me. I perish. Lord, save me. I've been getting discouraged. I'm getting depressed. I'm going down. Unbelief is taking over. Lord, help me not to... Help me keep my eyes up on my strength, the Lord Jesus.
so simple, but it's practical. The Lord is not far from any one of us. He's within us. And that's something we need to constantly remind ourselves that the Lord is with us. Ephesians 6.10, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's talking about fellowship and prayer. Be strong in the Lord. As you're praying in prayer, the Lord is strengthening you with His power. That's why prayer is so important. That's where we have come fellowship. Jesus prayed to His Father sometimes all night long. What was he doing? He was receiving power from his father's strength and directions and comfort. I was thinking today on the way to church and while I was sitting here, how short I come of prayer, my prayer life. I feel so ashamed that I don't pray more than I do. I read, yes. I study, yes. But I need to spend more time on my knees. I need to spend more time on prayer. Because God has promised to meet us in prayer. It's a throne of grace. That's where we need to spend more time. We need to learn to cultivate a prayer life. You know, disciples ask the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. As I said years ago, I heard a man on the radio say, I'm going to teach you the secret of prayer. Now, I was all ears. I was listening. And when he gave me the answer, I said, well, that's not so outstanding. He said, just pray. That's the secret of prayer. You learn to pray by praying. You learn to ride a bike by riding a bike, even though you may fall down 20 times. But finally, you learn to stand up and you go. Same thing with praying. Eventually, God teaches us through His Word, through the Holy Spirit, to pray correctly and to pray without selfishness and pray to the Father. In Ephesians 3.20, He says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, I thank God in this verse has just opened up the windows of heaven and said, listen, ask what you will. I don't care what you think, I can do it. So, beloved, when you have a problem in your life, when I have a problem, it's not too big for God. You know what he told Abraham when Sarah and him was going to have a child? He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? You know, I have to remind myself, Leroy, is anything too hard for the Lord? The Lord has taught me this past year the importance of prayer. I've seen so many prayers answered. It really has encouraged me in my life, in my prayer life. Never give up hope. I don't care how dark it gets, how cast down you are. Always, as Isaiah says, what time I walk in darkness, I'm going to trust in thee. Even though it's dark, still trust the Lord. He'll bring you through it. He'll give the answer. Thank God for that. Above all that we ask to think according to the power that's working in us or operating in us. There's a power working in you to perform the very desires of your heart. You know, it says in Romans 8 that we don't know how to pray as we ought. Verse 26. But the Spirit Himself helpeth our infirmities. He stirs up our hearts to pray. If someone all of a sudden out of nowhere come to your mind and you pray for them, you say, wonder why I thought about that individual. Maybe they're going through a trial and the Holy Spirit laid that person on your heart. Remember those things. God speaks to us that way. Pray for others. 
That's one of the blessings that I, I, I do thank God. I try to pray every day for each one of you and for the families and for my families. We need, and for the churches and for the elders. Since I'm alone now, I have a lot of time to do those things. I pray and I try to pray for the saints of God because we're each one going through a battle, beloved, in our life. Each one of us. And in closing, overcome the world. John says, love not the world. Verse 15 of chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that's our enemy. The lust of the eyes, that's another enemy. And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. That's the things we have to overcome and that we are overcoming. Paul says in Romans 12, 9, Let love be without dispulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which good. The word abhor means to hate. To dislike. And to hate it with a sense of passion. We're to hate, abhor evil. We're to cleave to that which is good. The word cleave means to join, to join fast, to, to, to glue, to be cemented to something. You need to be bonded to that which is good, overcome evil with good. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Now what does that mean to abstain? It means to to abstain by distance. Get away from that which is evil. In other words, if something seems to be evil, make sure you put some distance between you and that evil. Don't get up there with it and have fellowship with it. Get away from it. Abstain from the very appearance of evil. And sometimes we don't grasp what that means. But we have to be, sometimes evil can, even the very appearance of evil, we need to be cautious of it. In Colossians 3, 5, Paul says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affections, evil concupiscence. It means to put to death. What is death? It's a separation, isn't it? So to mortify your members is to be separated from those things. Separate yourselves from those things that would drag you down. If a person has a problem with drinking or alcohol, what should he do? How does he mortify that? How does he put it to death? He separates himself from drinking. That's the only way you can overcome it. If a person has a problem with anger, he had to separate himself from his anger. He's got to put it to death. How? By separating himself from that anger. By looking to God to overcome, be an overcomer. There's many things. Put to death by separation from evil. Remember, mortify means to put to death. Another thing we see is in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16, and we all fall into this category. There's not an individual in this congregation who doesn't need help in this area. Paul says in Ephesians 5 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What does redeeming the time mean? It means buying up opportunities. Don't be wasting your time all the time doing nothing. Be praying. Be studying the Word of God. Be reading Christian books. Be sending emails. Be sending letters. Calling. Encouraging people. 
That's buying up the time. That's redeeming the time. Don't sit in front of the TV for seven, eight hours and do nothing. That's a waste of time. Now, we all may have to say I've been guilty in that area. But we need to pray about these things and realize we are Christians and we get in court the end of time. We need to be buying up the time for the service of God, Brother Dave. Serving God. Coming down to word redeeming means buying up the time. I know I have been guilty in that area. I think about it many times. I've wasted time. But there's a song, Christian song, somebody talks about wasted time, wasted years. Time is precious. It's a gift you can't get back. Once it's gone, you can't bring it back. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You can't resist until you submit to God. A lot of people want to resist the devil, but they can't. Why? Because they're not in submission to God. You can't resist the devil on your own. The word submit means to get under, to place of rank, like a soldier has to get under the authority of the captain or the lieutenant or the general. Get under the rank. Be subject to. We're to be under the Lord in all things. We're to get under the Word of God and obey the Word of God. That's our rule of life. We're to obey the commands of God. How do we know that we pass from death into life? Because we keep His commandments or keep His commands. That's how we know we are children of God. And in closing, 1 Peter 5, 9 says, Whom resist? To resist means to set up, to set against, to oppose, to resist, and to withstand. Steadfast in the faith, the things that we believe, resist, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. When I go through trials, I look at each one of you, and I know you're going through the same thing. Common temptations we all go through. A couple more, and we finish. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, flee fornication. I believe fornication is a sin committed by single individuals. Adultery is committed by those who are married. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sin against his own body. The word flee means to escape, to run away, to seek safety in fleeing. The example we give is Joseph. Remember when he was tempted of Pharaoh's wife? What did he do? He took off. He knew the corruption of his own heart. He knew the danger. And next thing he knew, he was gone. He didn't sit around and argue and he, he left. He got out of there. And that's a sin which young people have to guard against, fornication. And adults and, and married people have to, have to guard against adultery. If a husband of life is being tempted to be unfaithful, you have to flee from that. You don't sit around and compromise. You have to flee, beloved. And I say, here's God's answer to those who are single. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, 2, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. Now, God has set up marriage for the good of mankind. He said it's better to marry than to burn. If a person has the trouble in the flesh sexually, you better get your wife. Or you get you a husband. This is God's plan. 
he goes on to say, and let every woman have her own husband. That's God's design plan. Today we got young people living together outside of marriage. That's not God's plan. That's the devil's plan. They're breaking the commands of God. They're sinning against God because he said, but he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body and you sin against the Lord. So if there's any young people that we know of that are living together, we need to rebuke them in the name of the Lord not to do that and for the glory of God. And this is not pleasant today because the young generation say, well, everyone else is doing it. That's what they say. So-and-so does it, so I'm going to do it too. If we love the Lord, the reason we don't want to do those things is because we love the Lord. And we are believers. We've been born again. We want to obey God. God says to flee fornication, to avoid fornication, to avoid these things. And overcome hate by how? You overcome hate by love. How do you overcome darkness? By light. How do you overcome unbelief? By belief. How do you overcome disobedience? By obedience. And how do you overcome evil? By doing good. I pray a few of these things this morning will be a blessing to you and encourage you in your walk with God and that we are overcomers. Yes, we all come short. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But let's fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. May we pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for thy word and testimony. Bless us now as we close in prayer. And we praise your holy name. Thank you for the victory and the overcoming life of Jesus Christ. Through him we overcome and through him we shall overcome. And through him finally we'll be with him in the resurrection of our bodies. And we thank you for that glorious promise of your coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Does someone have a song in closing?